Welcome to an encouraging word from Pastor Elliot Warren from Cross Culture Church in Houston, Texas. Okay, so what's the big news this past week, everybody? What's the big news? The big news. It seems like the big news was Will Smith. He was the big news last week. What'd he go do last week? He goes up and he slaps Chris Rock at the Academy Awards. It was the slap heard around the world, right? The big question for this first couple of days was, should he have done that? Well, it was, was it real? I think people, now, like now it's real, right? The other question was, should he have done that? And that's so funny that at first, like, oh, you should have done that. But after about two or three days, everybody's going, oh, no, he shouldn't have done that. Now everybody's like, he shouldn't have done that, right? It took them three days to figure out you shouldn't go hit somebody that said something that, that offends you, right? <laughs> right? So that was the big question. I think there's another question we could ask is like, should Mike Tyson host the Academy Awards next year? That's a good question. Or... What if Mike Tyson hosted the Academy Awards this past year? Would that have happened? I mean, it's a funny thought, isn't it? You know, some people made a joke like, hey, Chris Rock is 5'8", and Will Smith is 6'2", and he's worked out, and he, you know, he played uh, Muhammad Ali. Anyway, it was a, it's an interesting thought. So, and then after that, a whole lot of information comes out about Will and his wife, whose name is Jada. And so, you know, I've never heard of that, that stuff that I remember before. But, I mean, to me, it's just very unusual. Maybe it's not so unusual, actually, in our world anymore. But they have what you call an open marriage. She's just openly talked about her sleeping with other men. It's just not even a big deal to her. And, you know, you see this little clip where he mentions to her where she slept with whoever, and I think she slept with, I mean, I don't know. Who, I mean, she. I'm sure she hasn't given a list. Her son's friend, you know, one of his friends was included on the list, you know, and, um, but anyway, Will says something to her about her, and he mentions that as a transgression, and she stops, and she goes, you know, she corrects him. That's, it's not a transgression. I don't, what I did, I don't consider it a transgression. So she's saying, this is right. What, I didn't do anything wrong. This is a good thing. So I just want to take a moment for us to think about that. Think about that statement. Think about that concept and that mindset, okay? So that statement she made brings up a question, another question. What is transgression? What is sin? Right? What is transgression? What is sin? You know, do we each just get to decide what's sinful and what's not sinful? So if somebody wants to sleep with a lot of people, you know, whether they're married or not, do they just get to decide? Well, it's okay for me. If somebody, you, you understand what I'm saying? Think about it. How do you determine what's sinful or not? What's a transgression? Is there a moral code somewhere? 
Do you get to decide? You, you see what I'm saying? And so if, like, for example, Jada gets to decide what's right and wrong, you know, then she can say what a transgression is and whether she's done it or not. Uh, y'all, are y'all with me? And if we all just get to decide, we can all have different concepts of what's right and wrong. Isn't that right? So if I decide that I don't like my neighbor, and if I can justify killing my neighbor, and if I can somehow work it where my conscience is affected, I can say in that construct, okay, it's not sin, it's okay. Now, society might have to punish me for it because there are rules that have the society has to go by. So you can have a society at some level. But think about this. If sin is just up to us, we decide what sin is. It doesn't make any sense. Do y'all see what I'm saying? We'll keep going down a, the a wrong path in the wrong direction. And I, I hope you can all just see this so clearly. We don't just each make up what's right and wrong. There's right and wrong exists. Our part is to discover it and to abide by it, to live by it, and to have a clean conscience, you see. So that's what we're supposed to do. Now, that code, I believe, is from God. God made us that way. And he's put that same code in people everywhere all over the earth. Now, we've been given a conscience that testifies to the code that God has given us. We can harden that conscience. We can, we can um, through a process of defiling our conscience, of, of breaking the boundaries of that conscience, we can begin to harden our conscience. We can begin to do things we would not have done at one time. And the more we do them, the, the more comfortable we are with them. And the less the voice of conscience seems to be speaking to us. And this is what I believe has happened to our whole culture. But you see, what happens is we begin to do things. Then we begin to justify things. And we begin to listen to others that are justifying things. And after a while, our conscience gets hardened and our mind gets dull to truth and what is right. I hope y'all are connecting what I'm saying here. Does that not make sense? Can you not see that has happened in our culture today? This is absolutely true. This, this is as, as clear as it can be. There's a moral code somehow because of our nature. We have sinned against that moral code. And as a culture, we sin against it. We harden our hearts. We harden our minds. And we go further and further away from God. And we continue to justify things that at one time we would have been appalled to be a part of. You see, that's just what happens. Ecclesiastes 7.29 says an interesting thing. God made man upright, but they've sought out many devices and schemes. God made man upright, but mankind has sought many, out many devices and schemes. So because of desires, 
because of temptation, sometimes actually because of things that have happened to us and us dealing with whatever, and the confusion that comes, man has gone beyond God's way, beyond God's rule book, and sought out his own devices, his own way, and they have become corrupted. God made man right, but man has become corrupted. What does it mean by that? It means that man's nature is now tainted. Our minds are somewhat blinded. Our understanding is somewhat blinded. Why has this happened? It has happened because that is the nature of our flesh. That is the nature of mankind. And the Word is so clear about that. Paul says this in Romans 3. Praise God. I hope you're all paying attention today. Listen. Romans 3. There's none righteous. Not, no, not one. There's none who understands. There's none who seeks after God. They have all turned aside. They have all gone their own way. That's us. We've all gone our own way. Now, doing so, doing your own thing, might seem like the right thing at the time. Maybe you felt like it. Maybe it seems like this is who I am. This is what I ought to be doing. And rather than finding the original pattern before we fell, Maybe you gave in to some of those things thinking that was the way you're supposed to be led in life. You're supposed to go by your impulses, by your drives, by your feelings, rather than, you know what, maybe there's a design that I need to get back to, right? The culture says this, be free to do what you want to do. There is no true moral code. There is no moral sexual code. Be yourself. Do what you feel. That's who you are. I want to just tell you, that will get you in trouble. That will not fulfill you. That will make you more empty. And you think you want to find yourself? You're going to be more confused than you have ever been. That is a fact. I don't care what you tell me about it. No more. <laughs> this reminds me of what Peter said. He says this about culture and about men and women representing that culture. They speak great, swelling, prideful words, almost of self-righteousness, a moral righteousness about things. Great, swelling words of emptiness. They allure people through the desires of the flesh and through lewdness while they promise freedom, fulfillment. Yet they themselves are slaves of corruption. What corruption? The corruption that's in mankind. The corruption that they've given into. The corrupt corruption that has affected their hearts and their minds. And that is what's coming out of their enticements. It says, they're promising you, oh, this is great. This is the way life's got to be. But they themselves are slaves of this bondage. Is that not true? It's a crazy world we're living in. And it just and then it says this, they themselves are slaves of corruption, the corrupted flesh. And because whatever by whatever a person is overcome, by that same thing he's brought into bondage. Wow. Guys, I hope you'll just wake up today. If if you're out there and you're still 
unsure about things, my desire, my prayer is that somehow, supernaturally, the light will come on in you and you'll begin to see and you'll recognize, though you've been in darkness, there's a light somewhere and you need to take a step toward that light to do right, to come out of the darkness. It takes a step of faith. But listen, are not these words true? Don't these ring true? Don't these make sense? The world is not making any sense these days. The very first message after Jesus rose from the grave, he rose from the grave. You remember 50 days later, the Holy Spirit was poured out and Peter preaches this message. Everybody's convicted. Oh, what should we do? To, what should we do to, to get our lives with God to be saved? Peter says, they, they ask, what, what must we do to be saved? Right. And Peter goes, repent and, and believe and, and be baptized. And then it says in Acts 240, and then with many other words, many other words, we don't know everything he said, but it says he exhorted or encouraged them, saying this to them, be saved from this perverse generation. That word perverse means twisted, corrupted, bent. He's saying be saved from this generation which is twisted, bent, corrupt, not as it ought to be. It's messed up. It's not fulfilling its original purpose. It's gotten off track. Its mind is blind. It's deceived. And it says there is a flow now that's working in the whole world where it is going in this direction and bringing everybody with it in this form of corruption that we have been talking about up until this point. And he says, he says, he pleaded with them, be saved from this perverse generation. Now, the way he says that is implying something, that this generation is connected with a power that we have to be saved from. The enticements, the thought processes, the feelings, the attitudes that are, that are embraced in this generation, they, they, are, they comprise a force, a power that we have to be saved from. Man, that is a really strong thought. I want you to think about that a moment. There's a force out there influencing, trying to influence every single person on the earth to go in the wrong direction. It's not just a mental thought. It's not just an idea. It's a force, and it's a power. And this force and power calls darkness light, calls light darkness. It honors the dishonorable and, and dishonors and despises what, that which is good. It causes, it calls good evil, and it calls evil good. This world, I'm telling you, is absolutely upside down. I hope, I hope you can see these things. I hope you can see these things. That's part of the key to getting free from them. So he says, be saved from this perverse generation. Get out of it. Now, this generation is directed in concert, as I've mentioned earlier, by a spiritual force. That spirit, that force, that power that I am telling you about 
it's not just a mental idea. It is a spiritual force, and it has its power in the demonic and what we will call Satan. Now, some people like don't believe in spiritual things. I just would tell you, I know spiritual things are as real or, if you want to say, more real than natural things. But just as Satan tempted Eve with her mind and brought her into bondage and corruption, Satan today is working to tempt people, bring them into corruption. Now, the Word of God has a whole bunch to say about that devil. I mean, we, you don't want anything to do with him, right? I just mentioned a few things here. But again, I'm hoping you're just applying this to this message. The Bible says he's the God of this world, of this world. That means of all this system I've been talking about, he's the God of it. He's the head of it. He's the one. Make, he's calling the shots. It might look like men are calling the shots, but no, um, they're not. The one calling the shot is Satan in the world system. It says he blinds minds. He makes people blind. The strange thing about that is the ones who are the most blind are the ones who are shouting the loudest, saying that they see the right way to go that are that are not right. Are y'all with me? It's, it, that's the level of blindness. He's called the prince of the power of the air. What in the world does that mean? Let's look at it like this. He is the power in the region of the atmosphere all around us. He has a territory, a place, the Word of God calls, don't, says, don't give a place. What's it talking about? A territory. Where is that territory? In the hearts of men that have opened up their thoughts, their minds to Him. He begins working there. He's always seeking vulnerable people, people who are open to His deceptions, people who are hurt, people who are wounded, people who are confused, people looking for an identity, people trying to figure out life. He's looking for whatever vulnerability is there. And he will come in bringing his definition, bringing all his words, bringing everything he can to try to entice, to influence, to promise, just like he promised something to Eve, to promise a positive outcome if you just go that direction. And how many people are going in that direction today? He will use everything that he can in life. He will use the government. He will use the media. He will use big business. And I will tell you, he not only will, he is using it. And I would just say this. If the word of God is not increasing in a society, if the light of God is not increasing, believe me, that means darkness is. There's, there's, no, there's no like some this place where they just stay like that. They are at battle at w with one another. And when light stops shining the way it should, darkness naturally is going to begin to take over. And that's exactly what's, what's been happening. Jesus said, in the last days, take heed that you be not what? Deceived. Take heed that you be not deceived. Now, I don't believe Jesus said that lightly. I believe it's a, an extremely important warning he has given to us because in the last days, the, the forces of deception are going to be so strong. They're going to come from every angle, from your TV, from the media, from the government, from big business, from every angle you could imagine. The Word of God shows that kind of thing will happen. And I believe we're either in the last of the last days or we're in 
a time that's going to, uh, I would say, uh, prefigure that. <laughs> Do y'all see what I'm saying? You know what happened with Noah? Jesus used that and he goes, you see what happened? Just like that. All these people were having fun, doing what they wanted to do, just enjoying their life. Just like that, it changed, and I came, and they were lost. It's going to happen like that in the last day. It, so that was a, pre, a prefiguring of something to come. I believe it's possible that what we're going through right now is going to be a prefiguring of something. But I believe it's possible. I'm telling you, it's, ama and it's amazing how dramatic the change has been. You know, some of us here that are older, I'm probably, oh, one, there's one person older than I am here. Two. Two. So, you know, I've seen some amazing changes. But even with me, because it just happened, I can go, oh, wow. But when I step back and look at the amount of change that has happened in a very short time, it is astounding. Now, when I was young, you know, I go from like when I was, 10 to 20, oh, the world had changed. 10 to 30, the world had changed. But I, I'm telling you, I am telling you now, I mean, look, wake up. I'm, I'm saying in the last five or so years, seven, whatever, it's been like um, an amazing exponential change that is unbelievable. And you think, oh, oh, this is going to be like that. No. I remember years ago, talking about some things and people are like, well, you're talking about that so much. I says, because it's going to keep growing until the light begins to shine. Amen. Now, I want to just begin to share um, something. I, I mean, there, there's so many different areas of darkness. I mean, honestly, we could go through so many, but I feel like one of the most major ones is in the area of sex and sexuality. I mean, if, if, now, this is an area where the devil likes to get involved because guess what? It's probably our strongest drive when we're young, right? You're so driven, the hormones, the drive, and he wants to take advantage of that. I fully believe that. And more, so many people have messed up their, their lives listening to him. But I just want you to begin to think through some things. And, um, you know, maybe your thinking has been influenced by this culture. Maybe your thinking's been influenced, um, you know, and, and your activity's been influenced. Maybe you've done some things that, is, that this culture says is okay, that you could ex should experiment with. Uh, I want to declare to you today, God loves you. We've all sinned. We've all, we've all, I mean, all the church, we're filled with messed up people. Like Paul said, hey, we've done this, we've done that. He mentions every terrible thing you could imagine. And then he goes, but... You were washed. You were cleansed. You've been made new. And that's what God does. So I want you to understand that from the beginning. And I also just want to say this. Following the path that this world is offering you, as I said earlier, will never give you freedom. It will never give you joy. It will never give you fulfillment. It will never give you a sense of purpose. If you want life, if you want a sense of purpose, if you want to connect with something pure, clean, right and good it is not found in this world's message this world will make you bitter it'll make you angry it's going to make you filled with hatred it's going to make you filled with lust and the desires of men and the lust will always cry out to you there will never be enough 
You'll never have enough. You can try to fulfill yourself. You're going to run after it day after day after a day, trying to grab that elusive fulfillment and never find it. And I will promise you this. It's only found in Jesus Christ, and it is definitely found in Jesus Christ. Now, I just want to mention some things here that I hope that if you're on the other side of opinion, that you'll at least listen to me today. You know, a few weeks ago, this person, I forgot the original name, but now goes by Leah Thomas, right? We've mentioned this person, born a boy, decides, decides he's a woman. And he swims on, against women. And he wins. I forgot what he placed among all the men. I think, does anybody know? It's like 2,000 and something. 400 and something. Okay, he's 400 and something. He won the men. That's a lot better than I could do, okay? Even when I was young. I don't think I'd have been 400th by any means. So he's 400th, okay? But, oh, I'm not a man. I'm a woman. Now, I just want you to think about that just a moment. Ten years ago, if he walked up to someone and said, I'm not a man, I'm a woman. You'd say, uh, you're, you need to go to the hospital or something like that. I don't know what we'd have said. Fifteen years ago, absolutely. Are y'all with me? Today, we've got adults, grown people going, well, I guess he's a woman. We've got to understand people like that. There's no absolute of right and wrong. Everything has to do with feelings. Let me say, where are we going to end up if that's how we're going to judge everything? There is an absolute, and that absolute gives us our identity. It makes us whole again. It makes us go, wow, this is what I'm supposed to be. Do you not see the craziness in that? And now women are going, you've ruined women's sports. Some of them are like, we're not going to play anymore until you quit doing that. What's the point for men to swim and say, oh, I'm a woman? Y'all remember, y'all ever watch MASH when I was growing up? When, you were grow, I, when I was growing up, I did. When you were growing up, you're too young to watch MASH. Probably wasn't around. But there was one guy, he always dressed as a woman. And, and uh, why did he dress as a woman? Because they wanted to tell, they wanted the army to tell them something was wrong with him, that he was crazy, and they had to get him out of the army. Do you remember MASH? Do you remember, happen to remember that guy? I forgot his name. He wasn't really like that, but he just kept dressing like that because he wanted the army. Because, and that was a completely acceptable in all of culture back then. That that man would, was doing that to be seen as crazy, hope, and he kept doing it just hoping that the, the um, army would kick him out so he could go home. Right? Oh, you couldn't do that today. Are y'all with me? Anyway, a few months ago, a woman walks into a woman's spa. He goes into the area where, I don't know, I forgot what, the, what, they're do, what they do there. I don't, sauna, I'm not sure. It's a place where they don't wear clothes. So he's in a woman's spa. He's not wearing his clothes. It's obviously all the other women. That's not a woman. They get upset. They complain about it. But they go, oh no, he says he's a woman. 
If you're a woman, are, are you going to go, oh, it looks such like a man. I can't believe it's a woman. God, can you believe that's a, that's a woman? Do y'all see what I'm saying? Is that not crazy? It's 1984. You know, in 1984, uh, the government, the forces, whatever's there, make you have to say something. If not, you're going to be punished for it. It doesn't matter. If two, they tell you to say two plus two equals five, you better say it. Because that's what we tell you it is. That person that went in there with male stuff, that's a man. That's a man. I mean, I'm just saying that wouldn't have happened just a few years ago. Wake up. Please wake up. Look how fast things are changing. Okay, a couple weeks ago, we began vetting a potential new Supreme Court justice, right? And they asked her the question, can you define a woman? Now, that just seems like the most crazy question to ask anybody. Is that, is that not true? I think a third grader ought to be able to define what a woman is in some way. I think I told you all recently, it was really funny. When my son was about three or four years old, he said something about a woman. And my mom, my, his grandmother says, how can you tell what a woman is? And he thought and he, what he said just so innocently was just so funny. But he could tell what a woman was when he was three or four years old. And they asked, they asked her to define woman. And she said, I can't define what a woman is. Because I'm not a biologist. Y'all probably already have already heard that, right? But I just want you to think about that. Nobody on either side of the aisle would have said that five years ago. Do y'all get what I'm saying? What's happening to our culture? Nobody would have said that. And definitely, no. could you imagine when, when you were 20 years old, somebody saying that in public? I can't say what a woman or a man is. I'm not a biologist. Do you see what I mean? You can look at somebody and tell if they're a man or woman. Okay, so anyway, I want you to think about that argument. And just think about that. Think about a man and a woman, you know, they're having a baby. The woman's having the baby, I mean. Of course, you know that's what I mean, right? Men don't have babies. We have to teach things all over again. But let's just say this woman's having a baby. And the, the husband's there in the delivery, and he catches the baby, and the woman goes, and she hears the baby cry, and she goes, is it a boy or a girl? And the husband goes, I don't know. I'm not a biologist. I mean, really, that sounds crazy, doesn't it? You know, that's almost what some parents say now. They don't say it exactly like that. You know what they say? It's something a little different. And I want you to think how crazy this is and how stupid we're becoming. We don't know what it is. Put an X on the birth certificate until this child decides if it's a boy or a girl. I mean, the stupidity, the, the darkness of mind. I mean, I, I mean, we just walk around like, oh, yeah. I mean, this is such abject darkness an obscurity of reasoning and mind, which is led by the corruption of man's heart, doing whatever they want to do, whatever they feel about it, and by people justifying it rather than helping people see the truth. And I would just declare 
these voices in this society have become louder than the voices of the church. You know why? The church would just be quiet. That's crazy. You know what the world's going to do? It's going to yell and shout and tell you, you better accept this or you're in trouble. We'll quit going to your business. We'll, We'll do this. We'll do that. The world is shouting. And yet the Christians, they don't want to feel they don't want to make anybody feel bad. In fact, you can say, oh, we want people to come to church and we don't want to go in any controversial topics because we don't want anybody to feel bad. And God's like, if nobody shares the truth, nobody gets saved. Nobody gets changed. And all the devil has done and you, is intimidate the church to be quiet. And so we're having to be quiet on more and more things because more and more things offend people that are in the Word of God. Is that not true? How are they going to be helped? Do you, are you afraid of offending people? You, like, you don't like people to not like you? You got to risk doing that. You just got to risk it. That's the devil's ploy to keep you from, you know, from sharing truth. You got to get in the Word of God, and you've got to ask God, God, give me open doors to share truth somehow. Anyway, all that just sounds so crazy. So crazy. I just, I just I, I'm telling you, we're in such a free fall, it, it's just phenomenal. It's only going to... I ho- can you see only a miracle is going to make this turn around? The federal government's getting involved in this sexual revolution. Local governments are getting involved. Okay, you may have heard about this, but just a few weeks ago, an elementary school in Austin, Texas, declared boldly, bragging about it, it seems, 60% of her elementary class had come out as gay or lesbian. Okay? So she's like, wow, look, look, almost like, look at what I've done. Or look what happened. It just, it should break your heart. Think about that. What are kids talking about that stuff anyway, right? Why are they talking about that in elementary school? And you just think about this. Do you want to send your children to a school where they're going to be talking about sexual identity and gender identity and opening up their minds to all sorts of things and probing them. And Well, maybe your boy is a girl. Maybe your girl is a boy. This generation, it's horrible. They have to go through such things like that when the parent ought to be able to say, boy, you are a boy. You're going to grow up and be a man. Girl, you are a girl. You're going to grow up and be a wonderful woman and never have to deal with that issue of trying to figure out and having parents and your authority figures trying to tell you, you got to figure out if you're a boy or a girl. Does that not sound crazy? Do you want elementary school children being taught? You know, do you want your children being taught by the teachers? They're going to have to figure out what gender they are. No, absolutely not. And this is happening all over the place. You may have heard about this controversial bill in Florida. What did they do? What's the big bad thing they did? What's the big bad bill? Well, it says that in grades K through 3, 
They're not supposed to teach on sexual orientation and sexual identity. They're not supposed to do what that teacher in Austin did. Are y'all with me? And everybody's all upset about it. Man, I tell you what, we need laws like that. We need laws like that. I don't want some secular person who doesn't believe the Word of God and trust the Word of God that flows with the whims of men trying to convince my child that maybe he's something he's not and sticking stupid ideas in his brain. What is that? That's this perverse generation. Take care, take heed that you do not be deceived. Take heed that your children be not deceived. They're in a world that is after them, after their hearts, after their minds. And parents, if you don't get your mind straight, and if you don't, if you don't watch out, you're going to just like opening your child up to some of the worst elements that you could imagine. You, I mean, it takes, it takes more effort now than ever to make sure that your child is full of the Word of God. And I will say this to you. You need to get your child in church. They need to learn the Word of God. They need to learn how to pray. They need to learn how to hear God. There is no protection greater than that. There's no protection greater than knowing God, having God to work in you, and having your conscience made alive again to where you know right and wrong. When you do wrong, there's something on the inside of you go, no, that's not right. That's a precious thing. Don't ever violate that. And if you violated that, I just want to say you can get it back. You need to, the, the Bible calls that repenting. It means turning from your way of activity, turning from your way of thinking and just say, no, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm coming back. It's amazing what God will do. He'll take you. He'll forgive you. He'll cleanse you. He'll give you a new start. It's amazing. And that God would forgive us for that. But anyway, so many things have been happening. After Disney comes, after, excuse me, after Florida comes out with that law, which that law is absolutely reasonable, I think they should extend that way beyond third grade. Okay? Disney comes out all upset about the decision. You know, uh, because they consider, um, they consider the K through 3 teaching sexual identity as pro-gay. Why would it be pro-gay? Hmm. Do you, understand, do you understand what I'm saying? They consider it pro-gay and the bill anti-gay. To not talk about it at all is anti-gay. Do you see what I'm saying? Don't bring it up. It's anti-gay. The CEO of Disney then, after this, comes out boldly and says, um, he's going to donate $5 million to groups that promote LGBTQ ideology. A few days later, the president of Disney's general entertainment content says, I'm the mother, the mother of two queer children. How'd they know that? How'd they get to that? Anyway, one is a transgender child, and my other one is a pansexual child. I don't even, maybe I need to study what pansexual is. That means you're sexually attracted to pan everything? Is that, I mean, anyway, somebody will come explain it to me after service. But this person's pansexual, her child. And then, and then she says um, she's committed to, to 50% of Disney's regular 
and recurring characters being from the LGBTQ under and under underrepresented group groups, right? Think about that. Man, that's an amazing, crazy thing. And then they just said, okay, now I think there's a, what's the, what's Woody in? Toy Story, right? And I heard the Woody prequel or whatever, they're coming out with a new Woody. And now they've, it's a, it's a children's movie. And now it has a homosexual kiss in it. Wow. It's just crazy. Why would they, why did it, it's the promotion of something and it's making it more confusing for people. The company Disney decided they're going to eliminate all gender pronouns in anything that they're doing, like in all their theme parks. No more gender pronouns. You know how you go to Disney, maybe when you were little, or when I was little, you know, they'll say, ladies and gentlemen, they've, there's no more ladies and gentlemen. They've cut that term out. They've cut out the word boys, and they've cut out the word girls in Disney and in their theme parks and, and all the businesses. Why? Um, because it's not inclusive. The, I want you to think about this. The word lady is offensive now to Disney. They don't use the word lady anymore. They don't use the word gentleman anymore. They don't use the word boy anymore. They don't use the word girl anymore. So instead of saying ladies and gentlemen, what do they say now? Dreamers of all ages. Extreme dreamers. Fantasizers. They could go further, right? Who would have ever believed that? I, I'm, I mean, are y'all catching the, the, the exponential nature of what's happening right now? Do you think, what do you think this world's going to be like in 10 years if God didn't come in? What do you think you're going to be forced to do you know they're trying to come up with a one-world currency right now, or where, or excuse me, a cashless world. Cashless world. I'm going. Hmm. That means, you know, just think about this. You know, Russia just got their finances stopped for on a lot of right. Could you imagine one day somebody disagreeing with you, and your finances are you, all of a sudden you can't use, you can't buy or sell anything, because your credit cards don't work. So you can't go buy and sell any. I mean, that's sort of crazy. I think the Bible says something about that, doesn't it? Anyway, it just it's just sort of crazy to look at. So Disney did all of that. Then our government came out. They're also oh so mad at Florida. How dare can they do this hateful thing that they've done? It's so hateful. It's so hateful, so mean that we can't talk to the K through third graders about their identity and gender. Unbelievable. I mean, the White House has come out all against it. They're calling it hateful. This is hateful. The Department of Human Health Services then comes out and, and begins, they've approved of gender affirming care. This is what's coming out of our government now. They're approving of gender affirming care. Care. Okay, well, I'll just read a part of, of what they say here. Gender-affirming care is a supportive form of health care. It consists of an array of services that may include, and by the way, this is for minors. This is for children. Keep this in mind. 
It consists of an array of services that may include medical, surgical, mental health, and non-medical services for the transgender and non-binary. For transgender and non-binary children and adolescents, early gender-affirming care is crucial. Wait a minute. Children, adolescents, this is from our government. This is like last week. For transgender and non-binary children, who's going to decide, oh, you're not this, you're something else? And how are you going to let a child say, I'm not this, I'm not, I'm not that, right? And the government is affirming that now? It is unbelievable. And it says, early gender-affirming care is crucial to overall health and well-being. What's early care? Medical, surgical, etc., etc. And it goes on, and it allows the child or adolescent, child or adolescent, a little older, to focus on social transition and increase their confidence while navigating the healthcare system. Man, this is just the most crazy thing. So they're affirming children having transgender work done on them. What's that? You know what I I mean? Is this not mind-blowing? It's talking about things like, uh, and you know, this is explained, hormone therapy um, and gender-affirming surgeries, which is mastectomies and castrations for minors. And it's affirmed and condoned by our government. It's amazing where our culture is going. Do y'all not, does that not make you want to wake up? You know, I'll tell you this too. You watch TV, they're going to make you mad about the wrong things. You know that? You know what they do? The devil's doing all that he wants to do. And, and everybody else, all the world's going to say, oh, look at this. Get upset at that. Get up and let us keep flowing with our agenda because it's moving right along. And Christians don't even stand in the way for the most part. So I just wanted to bring this to your attention because I feel like it's part of my job from the Lord. And I hope you paid attention to me. I hope you listen. And if you've been infected by this kind of thinking, I'm hoping that you're today, you will back up and begin to think a little differently about the way you've been thinking and begin to wonder, do you think, is, there, is it possible that there is a moral code given by God of how we should be living, of how our lives, do you think that maybe if I stop giving in to my impulses and what I feel, which hasn't produced fulfillment, and I, and I go to God's word and what he's told us, I would find truth? I guarantee if you do that with the right heart, you will. And Jesus said, if you, know, if you come to truth and you walk in the truth, that truth would set you free. It will set you free. It sets so many people free. Does it mean you're free from troubles? Does it mean you don't ever have any struggles? But man, you got peace with God. You've connected with something pure. You've been cleansed of your sins. You've been given a new life. So I want to encourage you today. You know, if you've been at that point, you know, maybe you've been flowing with the world, flowing with everything the world says. There's no stopping to where it's going. It's going down a deep, deep hole. 
the whole world's going down there. And I just want to say, you know, you need to be willing to pop out of that. You need to be willing to make some very serious decisions to quit going with the flow. All the world is going in one direction. And it's like it's gathering steam. I know it's hard because it's like you got to turn the other direction. And it looks like it's coming this way. But that's what God calls you to do. And he says, if you'll come out, I'll be with you. I'll empower you. I will help you. I will cleanse you. I will give you meaning. I'll give you purpose. And more than that, I tell you, there's something that all of us really is looking for. It's something more than temporal. We want something eternal. You know that? There's something on the inside of all of us. We want something eternal because God's made us that way. You find that in Jesus Christ. He'll give it to you if you turn to him. He'll give you, show you a new way. And for those of you that are believers, maybe you don't think you have to share. Maybe you think, oh, you know, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to come across wrong. I don't want to offend anybody. They're already offended. They're already upset. You know what I'm saying? Jesus said, just don't even worry about that. He said, if I offended people, you will too. All right. Jesus had people hate him. Jesus had people call him bad, said, oh, Jesus, your religion's not right. You know what? Jesus said, I'm going to tell the truth. Every time God uh, have an opportunity to. Amen. Well, Father, we just pray today, Lord, that there would be an... Um, we, we don't give in to this thought that the church is disempowered. And Lord, as, as I was sharing this today, Lord, I share that people would have their minds enlightened, that they might come out, just like Peter said, come out of this perverse generation. Come out and be separate. Pull out. Be saved out of this mindset that's here be saved out of these evil philosophies of men be saved out of the attitude come out of that lord that's why i believe you had me share this today lord and i just pray god today in jesus name that the light would come on and there in any individual and every person that's heard today Lord, I pray that the light would come on and I pray that we would all awaken unto God. I pray we would shake ourselves and we would realize the hour that we're living in not not be like in the days of Noah. And we're just going about our business, just doing the same thing every day and the hour's drawing near of the end of time. Lord, help us, we pray, to awaken to God. I ask that for every person. Lord, anyone that's not saved, hasn't given their life to you, still wrestling, maybe the darkness is still penetrating their thoughts and their heart. The questions are there. The enemy's lying to them, giving them every other thing to do. Lord, I just pray by the grace of God that they be saved. Lord, let not one that's listening to me today be lost. Let not one, God, go back into that world. Uh, Lord, I pray that you would prick the conscience. I pray you'd, you'd stir up the hearts and the minds. And Lord, I pray that every single one, particularly God, those that just don't know you yet or those that are religious and they've not been walking with you, God, make this an amazing season, amazing day of it, salvation, of life changing. God, I pray this in Jesus' name. And I thank you, God. Lord, we're believing not to go down. We're believing to rise up, to be lights in this world. And Father, rather than this world tumbling, God, we believe that the light's going to shine and people are going to turn. And that's what I thank you for today in Jesus' name. Amen.